Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name's Brent. I'm your host. This is a show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. And with me today, I have Nick, head of class, Gantner. What's happening, brother? I think this is the first positive moniker you've given me. Uh, not true. Um, I've done the man, the myth, the legend a lot. I mean, I've done... I've done... Well, I mean, like, I guess I'm, I mean more, like, relevant to the game we're talking about moniker. Usually it's, like... Dog shit, Gantner, or or the first one, the flower fucking like laser flower shit. I guess. You know, well, shit. fine. I'll turn it. I'll 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 dial it back uh, to something less. I don't know. I, uh, I I'm whatever, you're putting me on the spot. What you gotta do to get your rocks off, man? It's fine. Yeah, I just uh yeah okay. So we're moving on. Um, <laughs> so what we do here is we take an RPG, we rate it, review it and talk about it, like I said a minute ago. And uh, we break it into a few categories. we got gameplay, story, visuals, music, overall experience, uh, and extra content. And we give it a score five, uh, one through five. We do allow half scores because Nick fucked the system up early on. And the game in question today is Falcom's uh, Legend of Cold... Uh, Trails in the Sky? It was a Trails, Legend of the Cold... Wow, Steel. Trails of... A man, oh my god, what is happening to me right now? The I'm Legend st- of Heroes. Oh, I'm Trails stroking out. Oh, I'm stroking out. Holy shit, I smell toast. Okay. Is it t- taste toast? Smell toast? I don't know. Smell purple? I don't fucking it's know. Like, is it... What's the thing? Is like four letters kiss or some shit? No, it's not kiss. Something. It's like arm slouching, like mouth drooping... I, I, what, I don't know. I saw they used to be on billboards. Are we talking about like, like fellatio? What? We'll just don't try to turn this shit on me after you fucked up the name of the game. Uh, I did. I I I I fucked it to just oblivion because I am. Uh, I don't know what's happening anymore, Nick. I I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Trails of Cold Steel. That's what we're going to do. And uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. Right. What's that? It's going to be all right. It's it's really not. not great. It's really... It's, it's been, like gonna, a, been like a month since I played it, so it's it's, it's gonna It's going to be mediocre. Uh, it's really... Our, our episode, we're not actually talking about the game yet. We're talking about how terrible of a job we do at all of this. So... Fuck For some it. reason, these assholes seem to like it. Yeah, they should really not do that. 
uh, as neglectful uh, as we have been of them. Uh, at least me. You've been around. You're in Discord every day, so I can't really say much. Well, absence makes the heart grow fonder, Brent. It's it's you know it's it's easy when you got nothing to do. Uh yeah, I'm enjoying it. I bet you are, you son of a bitch, you. Speaking That's of amazing. which, before we guess, before we get in, we might as well catch up. How are stuff going for you over in on the on the West Coast, buddy? A lot hotter than I expected it would be. I guess they're having uh, record-breaking heat waves or some shit, but it's been like 90 plus, and there's no AC in any of the buildings around here. Wow. It's a little, it's a little toasty. It's a little toasty. Yikes. That's no good. Yeah. That's no good. I haven't been, I haven't been job hunting either because I'm a lazy piece of shit. I need to start soon, and I'll probably start the first of the month, but I'm just enjoying having no responsibilities. I'll tell you one thing, though. Don't uh don't move to Oregon if you got a vehicle because that's a pain in the fucking ass. Did you got to do the emissions thing and all that stuff? You have to do emissions thing. You have to have like titling, original odometer me- uh, meter reading, all kinds of crazy ass bullshit. And I didn't have my title, so I had to call my bank and they had to send me like print off a fucking title and shit and and whatever. And so that was a big pain in the ass. Wow. So, good thing my car doesn't have to be registered until September because I've been screwed. That seems, um... This guy, oh, you have to retake all your fucking driver's uh, DMV tests, too, to get an Oregon license, even if you've had a fucking license from another state for however long. So we have to redo the fucking uh, DMV tests and shit. Uh, this all sounds like a terrible idea to me. Like, the, the well, whole adventure uh, sounds like a terrible we, plan. It's already been done, so... Yeah. Make the most of it. Uh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, I'm I, absolutely, bud. You do you. Glad you're having the time of your life. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but it's not bad. <laughs> I know. Um. So, uh, yeah, I just turned thirty, so that's a thing. I know. Uh, it's, it's like ah, uh, they're like young kids or whatever. Like Blaine's like a I've million. Been thirty so. for a couple months, man. What's yeah. the holdup? Uh, you know what? Um, apparently, I just uh spent longer in utero than you, so. That's assuming so. a simultaneous conception, so I would say that's probably not. Preemie, What's that? I was a preemie. Oh well, then yeah, I probably did spend longer in utero. Yeah, I, I really wasn't. I was a probably have fetal alcohol syndrome there or something, or something with like whatever LSD does to babies that fucks them up. That's probably explains a lot. Yeah, it probably explains why you're so fucking ugly. Uh, I think that's a genetic predisposition from both my parents. So. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, can't really help that. Got it. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all I really got going on. I mean, I, I was off all last week. And so check this. Okay, so we're going to throw this big party for my 30th, right? It's like keg, the whole thing, right? Oh, man, you didn't invite me? What the fuck? Bitch, you is on the other <laughs> coast. And you certainly as fuck were not coming back for my birthday party. Fair enough, fair enough. So don't even try don't even joke. try and cop an attitude like you would have. It was just right? a little joke. Well, I don't mm Don't even. But uh so we throw a big party at my parents' house, because you've been out to the bar or whatever, so we're just gonna invite a bunch of people over to the bar and just get shimmied. Like that was the plan. And uh I go over there the Sunday prior to to get my daughter from my mom because she watched her while i went to work that day 
And uh, she's like, so you know your dad's trying to build an addition onto his bar. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Because my dad's like 65, and he's not in pristine health. And uh, she's like, yeah, he's insistent he's going to have it done by Friday, which was my party. I'm like, there's no fucking way. So now I am. I was, of course, obligated to make sure the man didn't kill himself trying to do this thing. So I spent my entire vacation helping him put up this addition on his bar. Like, I mean, we got it fr- from nothing. We framed it, closed drywall, knocked out a wall, electrical roof, the whole thing done in a fucking week. It was pretty ballsy. We got it done, but I was a little butthurt about having to spend my whole vacation doing it. I can imagine. So... What are you going to do? Like, I can't let the man go out there and kill himself, especially when he's trying to do something to, like, I guess for me. So, it is what it is. Um, but anyway, let's move on to this. Uh, Trails of Cold Steel. Got some, what? You got some father-son bonding time. That's always good. No, it was more like, he's like, oh, I can't believe I waited to the middle of a heat wave to do this. I'm like, fuck you. You ain't doing nothing. You're sitting over there like... Trying to smoke a cigarette to regain your breath, which I don't understand how that works. I'm the one carrying the heavy shit. I'm the one on the freaking roof right now. Like, don't even. Nice. You son of a bitch. So. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> I No, that's how people in my family, we bond. We just call each other terrible names. Okay. I mean, if you if you haven't noticed by how I treat people that I actually like, I'm pretty pretty gnarly to them. So, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I, I was going to say something, but I figured I'd just let it slide. Well, uh, anyway, that's it is what it is. Trails of Cold gameplay. Steel. Uh, <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel gameplay. Um, so, Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, well, I guess we should start off by saying this is like the second or the third entry in the whole Legend of Heroes series following Trails of the Sky and then Trails of Azure and AO, I guess. So. Coming into this one, we're a little out of the loop on total lore, world building, yes. everything that's happening. Yes, um, and I was, we we, was going to address that in, in story, um, for oh, sure. Okay. But, um, so, gameplay, I mean, it's it's a turn-based RPG. Your uh, battle combat takes place, um, so we're positioning kind of matters, like you have to be within range of things, but it's not super important you kind of move around like a spherical um not spherical like a circular battlefield like you just kind of move around um and that's there's uh let's see oh man i don't even know where to start there's so many freaking systems in this game it's kind of ridiculous not that many. you have your basic ones where you can attack you can use your arts or you can use your crafts yes you can so use items and arts and crafts use move. separate um separate uh resource so you have uh craft points arts points or mp and uh yeah and they are all based on your plus you have the arcus unit where you have links between characters which allow you that's sort of how you do some blocking counterattacking sort of stuff there plus link attacks are a thing where they team up and do damage you have link points to do different types of link attacks uh you've got what else is there? Um, there's like your, uh, what do they call the finishing moves? Where you use all your CP. Your S-craft. Your S-craft, so you have special crafts where you use basically your entire CP gauge. 
and based on how much CP you have over the 100 level or the 100 mark, um, you do additional damage. You can uh, kind of do these interrupts to cast your uh, S-Craft where you um, time in the turn order to get it in when you want to. Uh, Speaking of turn order, there are occasionally random uh, either bonuses or I guess buffs or debuffs you can get that pop up on the turn order, and you can... You can do all kinds of status. There's like fucking 20 status effects as well. And you can, one of them is delay. So you can delay an enemy's turn or speed up your own characters to kind of finagle around the turn order to maybe land somebody on a buff that you want. Like whether it's a free, an instant free cast of your arts. Yeah. Or you get bonus. Uh, it's, fuck, I don't even know what those, those items are. The fucking stupid crystal thing. Sepeth. Sepeth, yeah. You get bonus that from killing a dude, and or you restore some CP, you restore half your HP or uh, MP or whatever, all kinds of stuff. And then you get these special areas later in the game, which give you even more shit. Like, if you get hit, you get vanished, which... It's bad. Removes the character. Pretty much kills the character. Removes him from yeah. the battlefield. Uh, there's instant death attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one, I can't remember. Oh, it, you lose all your fucking CP and shit. And it's like, okay, thanks. Yeah, and so you, there's a lot of manipulation that takes place at the turn order in order to either simply push uh, an enemy, a particular enemy, off of a buff, or push you know one of your characters off a debuff. Like there's there's a lot of manipulation in the turn order that takes place uh, as well. So, and it, overall, it sounds super complicated, but. All of the systems, in my opinion, inside of combat sort of fit together pretty pretty seamlessly because at the end of combat, you get sort of like these tactical bonuses based on how you fight in combat, and that increases your experience gained from the battle. So even your run-of-the-mill sort of like trash mobs in a dungeon, um, it is uh, it benefits you to do more than just attack. Because A, it takes a lot longer, and B, like you can sort of chain up and kill them really fast and get a ton of bonuses to experience and your rewards. So there's sort to, of... I would say to a certain point, though, because if you get too high level, they start having severely decreased returns from uh, enemies you're killing. It's not in a, mm-hmm. a certain level range. For me. True. Um, you can't like grind the same weak little fucking pipsqueaks the whole oh, game. Yeah, you, you can't have to keep moving on. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, you don't grind that way. But it it behooves you like, um, when you're just going you can to make a the most of what you're doing. Yeah, you can make the most of what you're doing by sort of paying attention and actively engaging in battle. Which I never really found myself resorting to just attacks a whole lot. Like, of course, I had characters whose whose whole setup was about, you know, their basic attack with doing more damage or statuses or whatever. Like, there were certainly characters that were more effective that way, but you still try and use a lot of crafts. You try and, um, you just try and do more, which, uh, so I think everything comes together really well that way because there's just, there's a lot going on and it sounds like there's, uh, it's it sounds more confusing than it is because it, it all kind of works, um, I would say almost intuitively, like there were some systems I need kind of a uh, better explanation on, but in just getting in and going it and not really even fully paying full attention to some of the tutorials, like you kind of understand what's going on pretty quickly. And in the um, prologue, they kind of drop you into it entirely with characters that are fully built out with 
all the stuff available to you. And then you finish the prologue, and of course you step back, and you have to slowly gain these things back. But you kind of get a taste of what combat is going to look like, um, you know, in the later half of the game, r- real early in that prologue. So, which was nice. Kind of was like, okay, this shit's gonna get insane. Good to know. Yeah. Um, so combat worked out pretty well. Outside of that, you have, um, your standard exploring sort of, uh, mechanics where everything is divided into days, which kind of correlate into the story because you're a student and you have, you spend certain days doing certain things. So there's a day for like, uh, you know, like practical exam, there's classwork, there's, um, where you go out in the field study, and then there's like your free days where you do sort of side quest type things. Um, there are, of course, support um, support points. Like you spend these bonding points on your days off, spending time with your classmates to sort of build up that uh, that link skill almost. Yeah, to build up the link skill. Um, what else? There's a fishing mini game for those that care. Um, it's okay as far as fishing mini games go. The card game sucks though. Blade is terrible. Don't don't play Blade. Blades, whatever it is, it's real bad. What am I missing? I know I'm. Oh, we haven't even talked about the sphere, the orbital system. Well, I was gonna get into that because I was waiting till you're done and then being like, so in regards to like actually customizing your character, each character is based on their uh, their Arcus unit, geared towards a certain play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can technically make anybody into anything. Correct. They just have various usefulness as that type. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, each Arcus will give you, like, a different, a couple different, like, link slots. And if they're connected, the further down you go to unlock them, the more EP you get for having uh, unlocked that particular slot in your Arcus unit. But yes. there are some characters that... Only have one, like, there's, I think it's Emma. Is it Emma or... Uh, Emma. Emma Elliot? only has one line, but she so she ends up having a ton of, like, EP. Like, so she would never... It doesn't matter what you make her Master Quartz to be. She would really never be an effective melee attacker because there's not enough branches to use those special Quartz on. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so, like, because you can't... Use the same so in one line you can't use like this uh, a stat debuffer or a like an attack the same stat like increasing uh, yes. gem or quartz whatever the fuck they're called and you can't so if the more if the character has a bunch of lines you can stack a bunch of attacks type yeah you can of quartz yeah so if you want to make somebody have a lot of attack you're like okay attack 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 like you can't use the same one. Like, you have to use, like, attack one, attack two, and attack three, and yeah. then you can use, like, some special quartz. Like, uh, there's quartz that like give... Like, domination and shit. So, yeah, so basically what we're getting at is, like, the quartz themselves, which is are similar to Materia, they're just spheres that have spells and stats attached to them, okay? And there are certain tiers of them. So there's, like, a basic kind, there's advanced kind, and then there's, like, these super rare ones. And the super rare ones often give you a significant stat increase um, and multiple debuffs on one attack or multiple spells um, from one slot. And basically, you can only have one of those 
per these lines. So if you have a character that has lots of lines, like he's saying, like they all have the same number of slots, but they're uh, they're connected different ways. So some characters have lots of them, where they have like three or four different paths. And of course, M only has one. Some of them have two. But anyway, so let's say you have a character that has four paths, and that means you have four slots or four times you can put these significantly more powerful attack courts together, thus inherently making that character better at being an attacker than, say, a caster. But they also have these this master quartz slot, which uh, significantly affects your stats and sort of like your passive bonuses. And you can use switch those out a lot to really swing a character one way or the other as far as um, what they do, essentially. The key thing about that is that each master course is unique. You only ever get one. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, like Brent was saying, they kind of define the character's style, sort of. So, like, one will give you a bunch of evade, whereas next one, if you cast a certain type of spell, you... Your weight is half the as half as long mm-hmm. as it would have normally been, or if you use a lot of items, it it turns the item uh, into like an AOE. So if the characters are in the the radius, then everybody gets affected by the item. Yeah, that one's really. Uh, what is that one? It's not scepter. Mobius? No, Mobius. Is it Mobius? I think it's Mobius. It's so good. Oh my gosh. But anyway, that's what that's basically the gist of it. Is it sort of swings. Um, swings your character one way or the other. They are unique and they level up very slowly. So these actually level up where the other ones don't necessarily level with you. They're basically static. They don't level up like materia, but the master quartz totally level up. So it, um, especially early on when you're limited with which characters you can bring during certain portions of the game. Um, I was totally taking master quartz off people that weren't coming and putting them on the characters in my party specifically to keep leveling up the ones that I liked for certain roles. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to play it, but it seemed like the best way I was going to play it. So that's what I did. Personally, I leveled up every Master Quartz. That's because you're a crazy every, person. Every chance I could. Because, well, you get you get diminishing returns up to a certain point. Like, you only can actually, like... Like maybe the first chapter or two, you can probably get your master courts level two, and then like chapters three and four, you can maybe get to three. Yeah, but let's let's take if you leave something on somebody that doesn't come with you for two chapters, like it's at a deficit. Well, it's all, but it's also the reverse is true. So at the latter half of the game, if you have a weaker master courts on, it gets greatly expanded amount of. Uh, experience points to kind of mitigate the fact that you weren't using it. This is true, but like I'm, I would rather it just be useful all the time and then worry about all the backup and filler uh, master courts at the end of the game when I need to be using more characters anyway. Tomato, tomato. Eh, Different ways to play. That's, that's 100% fair. Um, So, but uh, I would like to say I really enjoyed the court system. I spent a ton of time in character customization trying to optimize uh, quartz for stats and spell spell availability because there is sort of like a like there is elemental variance sort of matters. There's what six or seven seven different elements in total. Uh, let's see: fire, water, earth, 
air, space, time, and another one. So the seven. Yeah, seven. Space. I can't the last one is. Space, time. Is it shadow? No, but it's. What's the black no, one? Time that's is black. space. Time is black. Oh, that's time. No. Yes, because they invent. It's a lot of speed spells. Space oh, is. Space. Space is the yellow one. Yellow. What's the white one? There's a white one. Is it holy? Uh, no, it's not like they don't have like fucking generic names like that. Let's see. Because they're the high, the three higher elements. Yes. Are those three weird ones? Is it light? No. Mm. Fuck. Uh, mirage. Mirage. Okay. All right. So yeah, but there's there's a ton of different elements, so it kind of there is just a lot you, you never really leave a whole lot of that static there is sort of um a a benefit to making um adjustments constantly and i found it a ton of fun to go in and customize characters that way so um yeah no i really enjoyed that part of the game um one thing i did i guess we're just talking about pros and cons sure yeah, what are some things right. you you liked and didn't like well, I'm going to say something that I did not like was that resources were very scarce unless you try to grind for them. Like, Sepith drops are pretty rare, and you can use those to fabricate whatever um, quartz really? you would I like. Really? I like I had so much Sepith after a while. Like, early well, on, it's definitely that, scarce. Well, that's what I meant. Like, the first couple chapters, I'm like, fuck, I can't make any characters any like way I want. I was just kind of scraping by with the shit I found in chests. Because you have to use all your Sepeth to unlock the fucking next yeah, slot and your to unlock stupid the slots. Orbis, yeah. Orbis thing, whatever. So I'm like, okay, fuck this. And there's a similar issue with you don't get a lot of money because the only way nothing drops money anywhere. The only way to get it is to sell uh, those Sepeth that are only good for the being mass, sold. Mass Sepeth, yeah. yeah and mass Sepeth. It was so weird. So like, was there ever a conversion rate that wasn't ten? Like they no. go through, a, they're very specific in showing you that there's an exchange rate for Mass Sepeth, but the exchange rate never changed. So for the longest time, I was like hoarding it until I wanted to buy something. Like I only converted enough to buy the thing I wanted because I was so worried it was like eventually it's gonna, there's gonna be like a 12 conversion rate instead of 10 somewhere. Like it was so yeah. weird for them to do that. I think it's the whole, like, it's one of those like lore things that doesn't affect gameplay. I that because seems the whole fair. game it's ten, and then in uh, Cold Steel two, I think they increase it to thirty. Oh, is the exchange rate? Wow, but uh, it's either twenty or thirty. I know it's more. Okay, but yeah. So I mean, I guess I can agree with that. But it felt like every other RPG where the first couple sections of the game you're pretty limited on resources until like you fully expand the systems and you're accessing well, more and more bonus content. Uh, maybe, but I feel like a lot, I remember a lot of games you could run around in circles for like ten minutes and oh, have yeah. enough money to buy weapons for all your characters and then move on. You could you could Whereas totally do that. One, not in this one. Yeah, I mean, if you as soon as you have the because uh, you get one of the um, Sepeth boosting uh, orbs pretty quick, you can make monsters respawn in any area. The well, yeah, but there's no to... there's no diminishing returns on Sepeth gains from fights. Yeah. Well, you have to kill that the creatures with that person that has the Sepeth quartz equipped. Okay. Equip it to Laura, and your problem is solved. Not immediately, because she, 
in the chapter, she's not available in every chapter. Well, and then attach it to, to Fee or Reen, to someone that's going to be smashing face. Just fucking do it. I'm just saying I had to do a lot more grinding than I expected to for some money early game because I'm one of those people that wants to kit out every character when I guess the way you're supposed to play is you kit out Reen and then you kit out one other person and then you keep yeah. moving. Yeah, and you, you just basically cycle through. the because you, you spend a couple minutes at the beginning of every kind of party shift taking stuff off of other people. Yeah, and then on the flip side, the characters that weren't in your party for whatever field study you're in, when you get them back, they have upgraded equipment yes. for free. Yeah, especially so their weapons. So it took me it took me some time to kind of get into that mental state where I'm like, okay, I don't have to fucking grind these unknown materials to mm-hmm. level up a green sword and then also somebody like Fee's daggers because as long as I can get through the chapter, the chapter following, I'll have upgraded gear for everybody. It'll be fine. Correct. But it took me a while to get into that mindset. So, I mean... I understand where you come from. I just didn't particularly have any problems. Do you have any other things you didn't like? Uh, I thought the field study in chapter three or four, wherever that is where the horse is, was too big. A couple of them like, take way too long. Like, there's a couple of them that feel like that are like paced right, but like that one and um, shit. Is it the one around the festival? Like, I guess it's a big plot point, so it makes sense that it took forever, but I just felt like I was there forever. I was like, oh my god. When are we leaving this place? No. Everybody did the dance thing? Or are you talking about the first chapter? No, the, 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 um, where they're worried about the terrorist attack during the music festival? Oh, yeah, the city. Oh, god. I felt like I was there forever, man. Yeah, that one was long, too. So, like I said, there's a couple of them that just just drag on, uh, especially when the whole game is set up into these these very sort of separated segments and then you end up with a couple that feel so much longer than the other ones it's kind of brutal um i don't like i did not like the bonding point system like i felt like i did not like that i only had like two or three points to spend like i always felt like i was going to talk and spend time with the wrong person yeah like, because there's like some some characters you don't have in your party, you know, for but for so often in the game, or you get them later or whatever. Um, I just felt I don't know. Like I always felt like I was doing it wrong. Like if I wanted to be optimizing my play, the fact that I had these limited bonding points and scenarios, like I felt like there was no way I was going to see or do everything I needed. That's because they made it impossible for you to do that. Exactly. So I, don't, I, don't, times. I don't like that. That's stupid. <laughs> I agree. I guess it's part of the whole fucking uh, social link aspect that everybody's throwing on their fucking games. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you got to pick the right fucking, you got to pick your waifu, or you got to pick your fucking hus- husbando or whatever the fuck it's called, and then you just go in and you only do things with that character. Ha ha. It's like, but this stuff frustrates me because it's like you spent all this time doing filling your game with content. And then now you're saying, I can't look at all the content in the game until I play the game multiple times. Yeah. I don't want to do that because spiller uh, have access to all the fucking content. Spoiler for story. Like some of the characters are really interesting and like, you have a lot of, you have a lot of exposition tied into some of these bonding point uh, exchanges. And if you don't pace them out correctly, then there's just a lot of stuff you don't see. The characters will even make references 
that change in the in the in the when you have conversations with them later like so let's say you you saw somebody you learned somebody likes music like Elliot he really loves music when you go on and continue down like the game later on some Reen will be something like oh yeah Elliot you love music don't you can't you do this and he's like oh yeah I could and then I've played it again where I didn't do that and they're like man where are we gonna find somebody that likes music and Elliot's like well I like music it's like oh okay so it doesn't impact the plot really but it does change the dialogue, the way dialogue is, is presented between different characters at certain points. Correct. Um, a neat little touch, but it's like, I don't care. <laughs> anything? Uh, I don't care that much. Just give me all the shit. Anything uh, else? Um, fuck, there was something uh, I was going to talk about for gameplay, but I can't remember what it was now. I forgot until the diatribe. Other than blade sucking. Um... Uh, I mean, the gameplay is great. It sucks that, spoilers, you don't get to fucking use your robot until the last spot of the goddamn game. What is that bullshit? Yeah, That so, was fun. So, like, I kind of knew, like, there was this big, like, all right, now we're going to do, like, this big, like, Gundam mecha thing, right? Like, the, in my back of my mind, I was like, all right, it's going to be a thing, but maybe it's just part of the world and we're not really going to do it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, no, they're like, no, mm-mm, we're getting legit on this. But uh, we can talk about more in that story. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, overall, for gameplay, I really enjoyed playing this game. Like, there's some tedium to a lot of the uh, council quests sometimes. Uh, like, trying to go through and, like, cook all the recipes and stuff. Like, some of that stuff was kind of weird. But in general, I enjoyed the fuck out of this game. I'm giving it a four and a half. Where are you at? Uh, I'm gonna. If I play this on PS3, I'd give it a four and a half. I think I'd agree with you. But since we played it on PS4, I'm giving it a five because that turbo button. Oh yeah, that's pretty nice. I played the first. I played the first game. Like I played my first playthrough without using the turbo at all because I'm like I just want to get an experience for the, how the pacing's supposed to be and how everything is. And then on New Game Plus. I hit that fucking L2 button, I think it was L2, and yeah. fucking booked it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. The combat flows so much smoother when you're using turbo. Navigating so much quicker. At that point, I didn't care about the goddamn uh, conversations with anybody anymore because I made sure I did everything the first time. So I just skipped through fucking everything. And I found out my like the last half of my second playthrough, you could hold, I think it's extra circle down, and it just fucking skips all the goddamn conversations of you having to keep clicking X. Oh. I was like, fuck, I wish I knew about that earlier. I did not know that you could hold the button down. Yeah. Oh, shit. Because, like, I'm sitting there with Turbo on, and, like, Nicole's looking at me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm tr- I'm skipping the dialogue. I'm like, XXXXXXXXXXX. She's like, that sucks. I'm like, yes, it does. And then I held it down, I think, because I was grabbing something with one hand, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll hold X down. And it started zooming fast through all the fucking text. I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Pro tip. Wow. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right. Uh, well, first, we're going to take our first musical break. Um, I chose After School Hours. This kind of plays like uh, it's kind of like your afternoon, nighttime kind of thing. It's uh, it's totally funky. Like That's why I like it. Uh, so we're going to listen to that. When we come back, we're going to talk about the story.
uh, let's try and concisely kind of just break down um, the sure. plot here. Uh, so I'll ramble you, on about it this time. Got yeah, it. before, but well, before we get <laughs> kind of get to it, I think it's it's important to say that, like Nick mentioned early on, this is set in a world that where we're are part of this game is doing a ton of world building, but it feels like there was already a ton of stuff that was there that I would have might have known about if I had played previous games. Um, I can't say for sure because I still I didn't looked it up and I haven't played any of the other games. But I feel like uh, there was definitely a beat I was missing. It's somewhere somewhere in this in this loop. But um, I'll let you take it away. Sure. So in, in regards to that, there was stuff like there's definitely like nods to people that have played the games, uh, the previous games of the series. Like when uh, Phantom Thief B shows up and he says a bunch of his junk. Uh, he's referencing uh, stuff that happened in Trail of Trails in the Sky. Okay. And uh, I guess some of the stuff that happened there is ha- is currently happening in the background of this game. Okay. But the, none of the characters know about it because they haven't been involved because we're in a different country. Because uh, the Trails of Cold Steel, I think, takes place in Liberal, but I'm not 100% sure. It's, or, sorry. Trails in the Sky. Uh, Trails in the Sky takes place in Liberal because I, I, I'm not 100% sure. It's, I think that's where it is. And then Zero and AO take place in Crossbell. And this game series takes place in Eberonia. Yes. And they're all kind of closely positioned together. And there's like weird contention happening between like, there's all kinds of fucking political stuff that I'm not really going to get into. So play the game and find out for yourself, I guess. But uh, there's this pretty much there's this uh, Phantom Thief B guy and there's a bunch of other guys you find out near the end of the game are part of uh, this secret society kind of. Uh, called Ouroboros, and they are all the strongest people are enforcers, and there's like, uh, like thirteen of them or something that's referenced at this point. There's because one of them says I'm like number thirteen or something, and so you know there's at least that many. Um, and they're really strong, and uh, they whoop your ass and everything. But they're all kind of working behind the scenes. Nothing really major is happening at this point, so everybody is free to do what they want. Like Phantom Thief B just goes around and steals shit. That he considers beautiful. It could be jewelry. It can be people. Like it could be places. Like he, if there's something beautiful there, he wants to take it for himself and destroy it. And shit. So that's his whole little shtick. Then you uh, get this maid character that shows up, and she ends up being an enforcer, but she's working with you, even though the the Ouroboros is bad, and everybody's like, I don't, what the fuck, whatever. But anyway. So the start of the game is uh, Reen is getting off this train because he's getting he got accepted to this military academy, Thor's military academy, and it's this kind of prestigious thing. And uh, everybody has fucking parent issues in this game, Gosh. so I'm just gonna start that off oh right God. away. No, there's nobody in this game that doesn't have a problem with their parents, and or their family in some way. That's... And Reen's problem is that he's adopted. And he doesn't know who his real parents are. And is his his sister like into him? Like weirdly into him? Yes. Oh god. This is a this is one of those fucking games. I hate anime like this. I hate games like this. It's super fucking fan service. And the main character, everybody wants his dick. You could be a guy. You could be a girl. You could have both parts. Or you could be a fucking Apache attack helicopter. Whatever they got going on nowadays doesn't matter. Everybody in this game world wants Reen's dick. 
even just the his way it adopted is. sister. Like, it's so weird. Like when it, every time yeah, that came thing up, in Japan anyway. But I didn't need it. I was like, what I is know. happening? Like, uh, what sort of wincest is this fucking game trying to pitch me at right now? Like, I well, they're not they're not blood related, so it's fine. That's the whole that's the whole thing, I guess. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, so Rain's problem is that he was adopted. And he doesn't know where he came from, and his family, that his adopted family are nobles. So his problem when he comes to school is that he doesn't want to take over the family like name or whatever because he is not blood related to them so that's his problem uh he meets this girl named elisa 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 i think mm-hmm. i can never fucking remember if there's an a or an e at the end uh i'm gonna say elisa it's elisa and she she masquerades uh she hides her last name not very well she says it's elisa r that's all she gives anybody it's just the first fucking initial oh and yeah in the very next sentence we totally knew it was like, reinhardt the reinhardt because everybody's talking about the Reinhardt shit, and she starts getting flustered. So as the as the observer to this, you're like, okay, so obviously she's Elisa Reinhardt. Got it. But none of the other characters noticed any of her fucking bullshit. And her Reinhardt is essentially out. the this game world's equivalent of Stark Industries. So she could she'd be like Stark Junior. in this fucking world. Pretty much, she's got like all this tech know how and whatever. Super rich, all kinds of shit. So her problem is that. Uh, her grandpa started this company and then his, her mom, her dad died and her mom got fucked in the head and so kicked her her dad out of the company and took over and at that point became super work, like a workaholic and pretty much neglected Elisa growing up. And that's where the maid girl comes in, Sharon, Shannon, Shannon? Shannon. Is it Shannon? Or is it Sharon? Or is it I don't Sharon? know. It could be Sharon. Sharon. I don't know. Anyway. Whatever. Uh, so she gets hired on. She stops working as an enforcer for Herbros for whatever. Starts working as a Reinhardt company family's maid. Grows up with Elisa, so they're, they're kind of close. So Elisa hates her mom because her mom's a bitch, and that's her problem. And then you meet. Uh, well, the only, there's only like one character in this game who doesn't have family problems. That's Gaius. His family's great. But- yeah, like guy. Like I want to like Gaius. Like that's. I guess that's why I like Gaius so much is because he's kind of like you guys are like really overreacting to all of this shit. <laughs> like he's like yeah. the, he's the most mellow character, but he also becomes the least interesting because he's like, yeah, I've got. I I just come from like nomad people. Like my family's great. Yeah. Like they're they're awesome. Well, he deals with some racism, which is a thing that happens in the game. Uh, so. He comes from the Northern Highlands, and that's a area that's separate from Erebonia and Liberal and Crossbell and all these places. And there, uh, they kind of live as nomads. And the start of the country of Erebonia happened when way, way, way long ago there was like this War of the Lions thing, which is TM Final Fantasy Tactics, by the way. Can't yeah. believe they stole that shit. But <laughs> the last War of the Lions or something in the fucking Three Houses. What is this shit? I guess it's a popular thing. Anyway. Uh, so there's big, like, fucking inner family war going on. This one guy went to the Northern Highlands and recruited all the, uh, nomads there to fight for him. And he just kind of swept the country and became emperor. So that's where he's from. So they kind of have a respect for the people of Erebonia and this, like, kind of two-way relationship thing. But they keep their independence. And everything's great with his family. So moving on. You got Elliot. And his problem is... His mom's dead, and his dad's one of the great, like the greatest generals in the Erebonian army, and he's a big manly, manly man, 
and he doesn't want his kid. He didn't want his kid to go to music school, even though he loved music. So he's like, you're going to the military academy. Yeah, his That's dad's his basically like big old burly um, soldier man, and his son's a white mage. Okay, like, fucking get over it. Yeah. And, well, the thing is, like, he doesn't act that way, so he'll see Elliot and, like, love on him and embarrass him and shit. Yeah. It's and just then, it's like, just Elliot's perceived sort of role in his life. Yeah. And in the second game, you kind of get some more information about that, so I won't talk about that yet. But yeah, that's his, Elliot's problem. Uh, Emma is big spoilers, super big spoilers. <laughs> so skip like the next minute. If you don't want to hear this, she's a witch and she's got a talking cat. Yep. And she's chasing her sister, who, who's not really a sister. Like she was part of the coven. Uh, Vita Clotilde, who's, a, who's another enforcer for the Ouroboros people. And uh, her problem is, I guess, that she was given this big responsibility uh, to watch over the robot that Reen gets. I can't remember what its name is. Uh, and Ooh, so she has to like guide Reen to that without act, like, actively doing it. Like mm-hmm. she's got to like, you know, do, do subtle things like to push him in that direction to make sure he's actually the one that's supposed to inherit the power. Is it Valimar? A Valimar. That and sounds right. She doesn't do a good job. And the cat, I can't remember what the fuck name the cat's name is, but the cat starts fucking shit up, like puts uh, Reen's sister in danger, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, that's her problem. Yeah, like I, uh, so Emma's story kind of weird weirded me out just a smidge, like because like y- you get all of like her really like what the fuck is going on with Emma stuff like way early. Like, really early, like, first chapter, she's doing magic without using Orbital Tech. Like, she's doing all this shit. So you know something's up with Emma. And it's, like, the next to last chapter when you find out any fucking thing. It's yeah. it's the weirdest stopgap. I guess that was supposed to be the whole, like, uh, here's the big mystery. Like, kind of, like, red herring when it's not actually the big mystery. Yeah, don't make me wait, like, 70 fucking hours for it, though. Like, come on with your bad self. Yeah. Uh, So next we got, who's next? Fuck. Uh, Usus? I guess we'll talk about Usus. Usus. More like, useless. Ha ha ha. He's actually, he's got, the only thing I've used him for is Noble Command Craft, I think, which boosts everybody's attack and speed. I'm like, yeah. all right, that's great. Yeah, like his I crafts kinda, aren't bad, but you have to, you have to like really kind of push him towards like uh, a striker role, even though he's like kind of built to be kind of hybridy. The same way, yeah. um, he's like a red mage, but so he suffers in strength and magic because of that, as opposed to being like Laura, who just pumps that shit to the roof for fee. Yeah, no. Like, you he, can make Fee's speed so stupid. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or but he's kind of like um the guy that these enemies with. Like they fill the same fucking role. He's like the class rival, right? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Like, he's got a problem with everybody. Machias, Machias, Machias. Yeah. So Usus and Machias sort of fill the same role, um, in that they're sort of hybrid, hybrid characters. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I think for. Machias, though, I never really got. I used him as a like a stat debuff spreader because he yes. had an AOE attack, kind so of large. Like, and I, so I just stuck a bunch of courts on him when I had when I had to use him. I used him the least out of anybody in the game because I did not like him at all. Yeah, me either. He's 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 way useless. Uh, 
But he's got one of his crafts though is like the best craft in the game. I think it's like accelerate, and if everybody's close together, he gives, gives everybody a free turn, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, I'd rather have like a dodge tank fee or delay master reen or fucking Emma blowing nukes up people's asses and but delay master Elisa. reen is is. Mm. It's pretty great. Yeah, it is. It's even better on Cold Steel too. So look forward to Ooh, it. But, I'm uh, excited. <laughs> so anyway, Eusis has he's a noble, but he's like a half half blood or something because his dad cheated on his wife with some yeah. commoner. And so he gets shit from his dad, and his brother is the pure blood, he's the golden child, kinda helps him out. So he loves his brother. And his dad's a real fucking he's a piece of shit. He's responsible for a lot of problems in the game. And the brother is loyal more loyal to the family, like the noble line than anything else and Eustace is kind of torn between being a noble and being himself and doing what's right mm-hmm. that's so that's his drama and then on the other opposite side you have Machias who's uh cousin I think it was cousin was fell in love with a noble and because she was a commoner the noble was like I can't marry you but you could be my mistress so she killed herself from uh, with a broken heart and his dad got into politics because he's like, okay, fuck this shit. We got to change something. The commoners are being repressed. So Machias has this whole fuck nobles thing going on for like the first three or four chapters of the game. And so it uses being so like pompous and arrogant, like a stereotypical noble clashes so badly with Machias because he hates that. So they fight a lot. And that's like a big subplot. Mm-hmm. that takes up way too much fucking time and that's it's like, like all the, the characters in the game are like i can't believe this shit's still happening that's like Why i could not believe happening? like we i finally you finally beat it and they're like oh now let's make laura and fee a thing i was like right? really 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 they're aggressive for straws but uh <sighs> i guess since you brought up laura and fee uh laura is also a noble there's only like three noble people in the group there's reen usus and laura and so that's what's unique about class seven by the way, is that normally in this academy, uh, everybody's separated into classes by their either if they're nobles, they're in like class one and two. If they're commoners, they're in like three, four, and five or something. So somebody had a great idea to mix everybody into one class and see what happens. So in this particular class, class seven, you've got nobles and commoners mixed together, and they're supposed it's supposed to be an experiment to see what happens. So uh, Laura's another noble. She really has no family problems either. So I guess I lied about that. Well, kind of, but she's like a one-track mind kind of person. Her mom's dead, I guess. They would never bring they never bring it up. I don't think. But her dad's like the best master swordsman on the continent or in the country. She is the so lawful she, good character in in the party. Exactly, because she she has Which, a very strict uh, chivalry moral code type thing going, and that's that is it. Like out, everything outside of that is pure blinders well and she's focused on improving her sword play at the cost of everything yeah. else yeah like well, relationships what's that i'm just trying to be a better swordsman like the quest where you or you or the bonding point where you spend time helping her pick out cute clothes like what the fuck yeah well that's kujo's favorite so he's gonna have some words for you like i liked laura like a lot like she was one of my favorite characters but it was just like god damn it some of these some of these bonding quests are special what else 
Um, and then Fee. So Fee's like, so where Laura's a knight, Fee's a mercenary, essentially. Mm-hmm. So Laura is like, oh, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. That goes against all of my moral fiber coding right here. Like my value system is out of whack now because I'm working alongside a mercenary. So their whole thing is they can't understand why, or she can't understand why she would do that. So you learn about Fee's past, which is that she was an orphan that was raised on the battlefields by a mercenary company. And the leader became her like adoptive father and he got murdered pretty much. And so she, and then her whole mercenary band, her family split up. So she was left alone, but then she got recruited by Sarah to come to school and yada, yada. So we're there for that. Uh, I think that's the main class seven. Yeah. And then you add two and then you more. Get, <clears throat> you get the secret characters because they're not in the opening fucking prologue cutscene, but when you go back through it again, and they are, ha ha. Spoilers. It's like what the fuck? I don't like. I don't understand why they did that. It wasn't a big fucking spoiler. Like, so you don't talk about the prologue cutscene when they're running into the building. You don't see Crow or Milium anywhere. Oh, and then you get good to that point. point in the game. You get to that point a game in the game again, and then suddenly they're they're running with everybody. So it's like, oh, so they're trying to fake you out that you get two more characters in the class. Okay. But you don't really, because they're pretty prominent in the respective points of the game. So it's like, all right, I have a feeling I'm getting this person, but whatever. Uh, And they are, so Crow and Milium are the two extra characters that you get, even though they're part of the plot. You get them automatically. You don't have to do anything special. They just come... I think chapter three and chapter five, respectively, or maybe it's no. You get you get them at the exact same time. I mean, you get to try them, yeah, three and five. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think it's Milliam. You get to use her in chapter three a little bit. You use you use Milliam. Use Crow. Yeah, you use Milliam when you're in the grasslands, and you get to use Crow when you're saving your sister in the dungeon. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then you get them the following chapter and. I thought it was like a uh, whole two chapters later. I thought it was like six or seven, well, seven when you got Crow. I think it's like five because you go, you spend one chapter with, uh, well, maybe it is six. I don't know. You spend a chapter with Milliam. You don't get to do a chapter with, no, you know, no, you do. You do a chapter with Milliam. And then the next chapter you get Crow and everybody else because you go to Elisa's town in the mining area. Okay. So they each have their own chapter with you, but they don't have a chapter together. Okay. They get the final. Well, they get the final chapter together, but everybody's there. Yeah. So, uh, Crow's problem is uh, this is real big spoilers. So, <laughs> when you're in, you're introduced to him, he's just this random like class clown kind of guy. Then you find out that the place that he's from got uh, pretty much conquered by the chancellor of the everybody in government, mm-hmm. and. It's doing. It's prospering better than it was before, apparently, according to everything in the lore. But he's like, my dad was, or my grandpa was the mayor, and he was a good person. And this was our place, and it's been stolen from us and from me. So he's got this big grudge against his chancellor, and uh, he becomes a terrorist, and he succeeds in his terrorism plot at the end of the game, which we'll, I guess, we'll get to. This is gonna take fucking. I'll, I'll be br- super brief on the plot stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> So like the character, the characters are pretty much the only important part of the plot of this game. So I guess that's why I'm trying to explain yeah. them as much as I can. But uh, so that's all the thing with him. And then Milliam is like a secret agent working with this special part of the Erebonian government. 
And she joins the class because she's, she's hunting down C, codenamed C, which is the terrorist who is Crow. Uh, and so they, they think it might be Crow, but they don't really have any proof. So she's stuck in the class with y'all. And they force Crow into the same class because... He, he failed a homework, class. Apparently. He failed a class or something stupid. He was gonna, he, yeah, he's going to not graduate if he didn't do like makeup work, being in class seven or some bullshit. Yeah. So that's their whole thing. Also, Millennium doesn't know where she came from. She just, she's just random fucking like preteen. With this controls this big robot Lammy. doll thing. Yeah. Lammy. Um, Lammy. Arkelatam or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the characters in the class. Like you also have Sarah, the teacher, and she's like a brace. She used to be a bracer, and now she's a teacher. That's really all you need to know about her. Besides, she's an alcoholic, and she is and kind like, of like pervertedly flirty with again the main character. It's really, yeah. really bad. But it's like one of those like it's the stupid kind of flirting where she's like, "You're too young for me," but you know I'm such a hot yes, yes old, it's, older lady. It, <laughs> it's, it's played off as humor, but it's it's kind. There are a couple like dialogues where it's like, "Okay, lady." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, there are other plot. There are other plot important characters, but they don't join your party. Um, so I'm not going to really talk about them too much in depth. But so chapter one, you get off the train, you ring, you meet oh, your whole class. Dear Lord. I'm gonna be super fast. I promise. <laughs> go through. You go. You meet your whole class, and you get thrown into the schoolhouse dungeon, which is a dungeon you'll be going into every fucking chapter. Uh, so you explore the dungeon the first time. You kind of learn all your combat shit, and then you continue on your school day life. A couple weeks later, they're like, "Hey, you're having a field study." So you go out to this uh, farming village. You kind of fix whatever problems they have there, and then you start chapter two. You go into the schoolhouse again. Um, Chapter two, you go to where Eustace's family is and yeah, so kind of solve some problems. Basically, every chapter, you're going to where somebody's family is from and sort of learning. That's where we learn all these bits about these characters and their family drama is is the essential breakdown of each chapter until, like, the last okay. chapter. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was talking to Cole. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so chapter two, Yusuf's place. Uh, there's a plot that happens where Machias gets kidnapped and you have to save him. Uh, chapter three, you visit Gaius' guy, people. And this is kind of where the you get a, a taste of the overarching plot starting to happen finally. Uh, his people are, uh, are nomads, blah, blah, blah. I already said that. And so they're kind of in between Erebonia and Crossbell. Yeah, they're in this terrorists. neutral zone. These terrorists come and they blow up simultaneously this outpost in Erebonia and this, uh, I guess, this fort in Crossbell. And so you have to investigate what happened. You find out it was terrorists. And uh, Milliam, you find out, you find Milliam, you think she's a bad guy at first, but then she's like, no, I'm chasing the terrorists too. So she helps out with them. And you find out the terrorist plot at the end of the chapter. Chapter four is, I, is this the Laura one? No, chapter four is... Oh, it's a town, the big town, the capital. Yeah, that's uh, where... So you go to the capital, um, yeah. where... And this is the first time and the only time in the game where it happens again in the next chapter, but all the... Normally the classes are split up, so, like, uh, you get Rain and a couple characters, you go to one place, and the other characters go to another place. So that's how you don't have access to your characters anymore. Mm-hmm. In this instance, they're all in the same town, but the, the, the capital is so big that they still get split up, so you don't get access to those characters anyway. But mm-hmm. you do interact with them 
via the plot on occasion. Uh, but for this, you are exploring the town and you're doing more random junk and you have to thwart another terrorist plot, which is where they kidnap the princess and Rain's sister. And they're going to use them as uh, like bartering tools to, I guess, get the chance for the step down or something. But you thwart that plot and you find out this is where you meet C for the first time and he whoops your ass. And so you go on to chapter five, which is with Laura's family. So you go there, you do a little fucking exploration shit. Then you find a, you go to this haunted castle. That's there. And you see some weird stuff in this castle that you've already seen in the schoolhouse that you can't really explain. Just some weird symbols on the walls and stuff like that. And they kind of just say whatever about it and keep moving on. And they don't address it any other time in the game, but I guess they address it in the future games about what it is. So you uh, you get to the end, everybody almost dies because uh, somebody does some stupid shit with this weird orb thing, and they have to get saved by uh, this another character you never met before, you don't see any other fucking time in the game, who's presumed to be the ghost of this battle maiden that was like second in, second in command for the old the emperor from like 350 years ago who united the continent. Okay, and then chapter six. You go to uh, Elisa's hometown, and this is where shit starts hitting the fan. No, 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 no. Chapter five, at the end of that, you go to the Guerrilla Battle Fortress, or whatever the fuck it's called, where everybody meets up, and you're at this big fortress, and it's part of the whole learning thing about learning about the military and what a big fortress is like, and then that gets attacked. And this is where you're at in the prologue, where you have to stop these two big... Uh, fucking uh, artillery cannons from destroying the Crossbell capital where they're currently having negotiations about something. And so you stop that from happening. You stop the terrorists again. And you move on to the next field study in the next chapter. And that's the mining town of Roar, I think is what it's called, where Lisa's family's from. And you stop the terrorist attack there as well. And this time you kill the terrorist. Or so you think. Because the last chapter, everybody's all happy. You stopped all the terrorists, blah, 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 blah. You're having this nice little like end of the year school festival thing. And your whole class throws a stage performance, like a, like three songs and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's having fun. And then the, the schoolhouse starts having some weird shit happen to it. So you go explore that. You get to the bottom of it. And you fight this big, like... I don't know, I want to say it's like a dream monster or something. You get, you kind of, cause you kind of get teleported to another dimension and you're, and while you're there, there's like weapons stuck in the ground everywhere. So it's presumed that people, a lot of people have been here and died, but they don't really talk about what the fuck's happening. You just fight this big monster thing and then you, you, you succeed and a door opens and you see this big robot. So after this, Everybody kind of just fumbles around town or the, the school for a little bit. Everybody's checking the robot out. And then, bam, Civil War starts. So the noble faction is, they don't like the way the chancellor's running shit because he's making the commoners be too equal to the nobles. And they would rather go back to the way it was before where the commoners are nothing but insects under their boots to be squashed. Well, so it's that, and, that. And like he's sort of imposing more centralized rule as opposed to um, them being in charge of their own sort of shit, if yeah, I remember correctly. True. Yeah, because each noble faction has like their own land. Like there's like a liege lord system mm -hmm. still, 
they're responsible for whatever shit is in their part, but they're all together under the empire umbrella. So they're still beholden to the government, but they, they're kind of like states where they have their own mm-hmm. decision at the state level, but they still have to follow federal law to an extent. Yeah. Uh, so the chancellor is like, well, no, we're going to make this a, everybody's kind of under the same law all the time, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, just and to regulate so, to regulate like economy and stuff like that. There's a bunch of like yeah. reasons they give for it. If you do, if you read the lore, like he's done a lot of positive stuff. Like he's established like the, so the cars are a thing in this world at this point. Mm-hmm. So there's the Orbital Revolution, and he's like, okay, we need fucking road laws, like speed limits and shit. So they reduced the amount of uh, fatalities, like to car accidents and shit, and all kinds of stuff. Like he's been doing all kinds of positive trade things, and on the whole, he's doing things positively for the state or the the country correct a lot of people don't like that and crow just wants vengeance so what 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 does crow do crow assassinates this motherfucker and that's the start of the war where the nobles come in with these giant fucking robots and they start just just taking over everything and then uh cut back to the academy and everybody's all the teachers and everybody go out to fight off these dudes that are coming to take over and your class is like we're special we can help so they go off and fight too, and then they summarily get their asses whipped. And Reen gets this like psychic thing that says, you, you ready to make a contract, use my power or whatever, say my name. So he says the name of the robot, which is Valimar. The robot comes to him and he becomes the master of the robot. You do some fighting in your robot, and then a crow shows up in his robot because, of, of course. course, he has a robot. Yeah. And <laughs> because anime logic, that's why. He's he's the ultimate. He's your he's the bad guy. He's your rival, and so out of nowhere, combat. But then he's like, "That wasn't my real power." Ha ha! Then he just fucking one shots you, and that's the, that's the end of the game. That's the end of the gameplay. You get you get some little storyline stuff, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, the best part is that while Crow's whooping your ass. Reed and everybody else is like, don't worry, you're still our best friend. We have so many memories of you in our class together. Yeah. We know you're not, you're just, you're not, this isn't who you are. And Crow's like, yes, it is. Oh, everything, all my time I spent with you is worthless. It means nothing. It was all a facade. And they're like, that can't be true. Ah, uh, that kind but of bullshit. That being said, like, I am so glad they didn't beat him with friendship. Like, I would have been really upset. Like, I am much better okay with, like, leaving on the cliffhanger and, like, losing than them, like, beating him with friendship. Like, I would have really yeah. not been okay with that. Well, see, Crow was my favorite character. So when he whipped my ass, I was like, fuck yeah. I was rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Crow's a cool character, and it's just, like, is one of those things where I guess, like... I didn't put the C, like, I don't know, like, I felt like it was a big leap for him to be the heel turn and him be C, I guess, but, um... Well, my whole thing about that was, he's, like, super fucking strong and super smart, apparently, because he's got all these people following him, mm-hmm. and then he's just off fucking around as this high school kid, or, or like, academy kid, just fucking off, and we're like, like, I guess it's a good cover, but I feel like he could, he could, there could have been something more he did yeah. as a character... Yeah, in that whatever position he was in, but whatever. I it mean, was also really convenient. I mean, it makes sense to why he was did. missing a lot of class too. Yeah, and sleeping during class all the time because he was out up all night doing shit. Up all night to get lucky, right? Okay, 
So exactly, um, that fits his character too. So I guess it works. So I mean, I guess that's fine. Like the the heel turn um, did come out of nowhere. I was not I was not ready for that. I was not expecting that. So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, but outside of that, like I said, it, um, to me though, the best part of like the story in this game is a lot of the interactions between um, the characters because they they do build a very solid cast and you get a lot of really fun interactions between them that aren't necessarily relevant to the plot like so aside from like the usus uh machius like thing that's super annoying but like one i laughed out loud for a solid few minutes when like in one of the dungeons like emma complains about having to climb a tall ladder and like fee just starts giving her shit over the size of her chest that was one of the funniest fucking things that i was not ready for like it's so good and there's a lot of little stuff like that where the characters quip with each other that um i found totally endearing which made me in turn care more for these characters and their plights and the things they have going um going on even though like yeah every almost all of them have like mommy and daddy issues like i did sort of find myself um more attached to these characters than i thought i would be otherwise you understand what i'm saying definitely they by they created relatable characters and you grow with the characters entirely entirely like you, you sort of see you sort of see them um, address their problems, and not everybody shows like a ton of growth. It's not like one of those things where you flip a switch and they instantly feel better about it. Like you don't go to their hometown and you fix all their problems. They they still throughout the game struggle with these things. Like you don't just show up and and fix it for them overnight. So I also kind of appreciated that as well where it's like yeah they they might feel a little bit better or a little bit differently about it but it's still there like it's still not going away i also appreciated that they did that and there are lots of instances where a character they still the resolve but nothing is actually solved like they like with a like elisa and her mom like they do the whole he's like i'm going to show you i'm going to be the best and i'm going to take over the company and her mom's like okay show me but she has done nothing up to that point to validate that claim that she will actually be able to do that. She's just kind of gone along with the group, improved herself as a person, like grown as a person a little bit. But that, that's the core, that's the crux of her, her plight and her dilemma. And you make no steps towards fixing that. Correct. Which is neat. Because usually in a game, like you do a little side quest and the character's like, ah, solved all our problems, got a class upgrade or whatever, got some stat boosts. And I'm a completely different character now. That's yeah, cool. and that's what I mean. It's like it's all like the overnight. Like the protagonist comes in, there's some dialogue, and all of a sudden, like their whole life view has changed, and now none of their problems seem like problems anymore. And that's definitely not the case here. And I hella appreciated that. I thought that was totally well handled, even if some of it's over the top. Like there is a lot of anime trope here. Like this is a JRPG heavy on the J. All right. Like I'm not gonna fucking try and lie to you about it it's definitely that but uh with that like the it does bring a lot of those um anime tropes that we do like in anime so um i mean i had a ton of fun with the story here like i mean the 
you probably already spoke um, about probably the worst part is like how like Reen is sort of Reen is too much. Okay, like Reen doesn't need to be like everybody's in love with him, like the best at everything, and also like summoner of the 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 mecha that wins the universe thing. It's also got demon mode. It's also got demon mode. It's like, okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, it got a little old, but um, outside well, of that. He's the stereotypical, like, anime protagonist, though. He has all the power, all the babes, and he's got that, like, lovably naive, earnest personality kind of shit that everybody teases mm. him about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they totally, like, 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 I do. I that with a straight face. I do believe I do like how they're constantly cracking on him about like how he's obviously the protagonist. Like like he'll be like, "Well, how did I end up in charge of this party?" and they're like, "Oh, like you don't know." And just like walk away. It's probably yeah. that like I'm like, "All right, you're not taking yourself too seriously. I like that a lot." So, um yeah, man. Uh you have any things you want to speak to like didn't like story-wise? Um I guess all I would say is that this is a late, like super late blooming. Yes. Plot. What's that thing where it takes so long to like actually? It is get a good? slow burn. There you go, slow burn, super slow, like slug, snail level slow crawling along, and then you get to the point where shit starts really getting good, and you're like, okay, now I'm into it. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 slow burn, but I think it's well suited here because it's what it's what endears you to the characters right is like you spend i could have used more plot like coming in like maybe chapter four instead of chapter six but um i still i think the slow that slow first couple chapters really sorts of sort of builds what you know about the characters and it is you're right it's the first in a trilogy it's designed to be that way so I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of pumped to play two and three. So, and four. And four. Quadrology, whatever. Um, any other negatives or positives? Uh, I don't think so. All right. I you guess want... I'll score it. I'd give it a four and a half. All right. I'm right there with you. Right at four and a half. Like not perfect, but I I enjoyed it immensely. It it was totally fun. So, um, music break two, also me. Um, this is Ty A Link of Arcus. Um, and this is one of the, uh, I don't think it's a boss battle theme, but I know it certainly plays whenever you open the flame chests. It's a real, uh, it's sort of the opposite of the like funk. An intense battle? Yeah, it's one of the, it's the opposite of sort of like that funky, slower, sort of mellow, um, thing that they do. And this is more an example of their heightened, sort of battle music and uh i enjoyed it a lot listen to that when we come back we'll talk about visuals and music
All right, so visuals. Nick, you want to lead off visuals for me? Sure. I would say it's probably the worst part of the game because it definitely looks like a PS3 game still. Yeah. But not that the not that the, anything's bad or like jarring to look at or ugly. Mm-hmm. It's just well, it's got a very playing it on PS4 and it looks like an early PS3 game. It's got it's also got that uh, visual novel type style to it, where a lot of the yeah. um, you get the character portrait um, pop in the screen for the sort of the um, a lot of the dialogue stuff. And a lot of a lot of the you know extended dialogues, like the extra dialogue stuff, uh, occurs that way. So it kind of it's kind of off putting to play on like a like main console when you're like, it feels very like it was for the PS3, but it feels more like a Vita game. Even I know well, it was, it was also on the I know it was yeah. also on the Vita, but it feels like it was designed for the Vita as opposed to sense. designed for the PS3. And I think that's where I sit on it. But you're not wrong where everything sort of does fit into place. And I think looks I, fine. I think there were some recolors, but I can't really remember too many of them. Mm-hmm. Enough of the monster. There was enough monster variety that nothing that's really true. bothered me too much. Now, there were some weird fucking looking enemy types like mm-hmm. rocks and shit. But whatever. It's You got to have your different fucking enemy types. A lot of the boss monsters were pretty interesting though and a lot of the like harder they did that whole thing where like you fight some harder monsters and like special side quests and then they become regular enemies at the end of the game kind of thing which i was like okay whatever but it's what it is uh all the character designs are pretty unique like all the character all the npcs look different which is well, like, wish, for the most part any I, named npc i wish there had been more um God, I hate that the fact that there's costumes in this game, but the fact that everybody's wearing the same fucking thing, like, got I get really old, <laughs> so yeah. So it, I mean, you do have like if you're playing, I don't know if it's just because we got the PS4 edition or whatever. You you start with access to their uh, their casual costumes or whatever, but I feel like there should have just been more choices for what they wear on in regular because. Just so many people running around the same stupid student outfit, just yeah. got old. Well, you'll like the about Cold Steel too, though. There's no, there's no more student outfits. They'll have unique outfits. Thank God. Which is which I prefer as well. Is there's only so many times I could look at a fucking school uniform for a hundred hours. Yeah, because it's a long game. Everybody, buckle up. <laughs> Shit, uh, you got anything to say about visuals? Not really. I mean, you, I mean, I really enjoyed the S crafts the first time. I mean, you're obviously not going to watch those long ass animations every time. You're totally going to skip did. those bastards. I did cert- you know there's two different animations for each S craft? Yes. There's one where if it's uh, at 100 to 199, and there's one for 200 uh, SP. Yeah. So, so that you, was neat. Yes. No. That's that's way neat. Those those uh, heightened stuff was was really fun. So visuals, which you're gonna score it? Uh, I'll give it a three and a half. All right. Uh, I'll probably give it. I'll give it three and a half too. That seems fair. Like, I mean, it's above average, but not by much. Um, uh, like, I wasn't blown away by anything. So yeah. Uh, music. I really enjoyed the soundtrack for this game. I'm thrilled that my copy came with a physical version of the soundtrack. Uh, I thought there's a lot of variants. Um. 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know really what else to uh, to say. Like, there's some really cool, like, electric violin in some of these tracks, like the track I just played. There's, uh, you know, piano, awesome bass beats. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of variety, and I enjoyed it. Where are you at on music? I'm at a, you cannot play a Falcom game and not have a fantastic soundtrack, because every fucking Falcom game I've played, they've got a fantastic soundtrack. So I, kudos again to you, Falcom uh, sound team. Another good one. Yeah, I told Nick pre-show. It was really hard for me to narrow down two to use for the show. So, um, yeah, awesome. Uh, I'll give soundtrack a five. Where are you at? I'm giving it a five as well. All right, so now is your first musical break. What do you got? Uh, We're going to be listening to The Red Wings, uh, I guess subtitled New Wind. And I think the only time you hear the song is when you get to the airship for the first time. Correct. And it blew me away because it's got a lot of instruments I like in it. And it kind of aroused in me a spirit of adventure, like we're going off to do bigger and better new things. So. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's a very non-Nick pick, but I enjoy it very much. So I'm glad he picked it. Uh, let's listen to Red Wings' New Wind. And we come back, we'll talk about overall experience and extra content. So, like I say every time, overall experience for me is a expectations versus reality type thing. And this game had been hyped up, man. Like, everybody's saying we need to play it, we need to play it. Like, uh, Kujo went so far as to send me a copy. So, uh, I will say it's probably one of the most the most fun I've had playing a game for the show in a, in a while. Um, it was... I very much wanted to play it every day. When I got home, it was on the top of the list of things I wanted to do. Um, I was, I just thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, I look forward to spending more time in it to platinum it because I definitely didn't get to do that. Uh, but who knows if I ever get back around to it? But there's still stuff left that I want to do because I just enjoyed the funk out of this game i don't really know what else to say man like uh, i had a great time it was it, it it turned out to be more than what i expected because you look at the box you look at the case you look at screenshots just kind of stuff you're like nah, man i don't really know and now i know it's way fun uh thank you kuja for sending it to me and i enjoyed it a lot so overall experience for me is a four and a half where you at nick i'm at a it would have got a I five really if it was about had... 20 hours shorter, by the way. <laughs> it was about 20 hours shorter, totally been a five. <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely drags on. Um, I'm at the point where 
I wish I had played the other games in the series before this, just so I could understand fully all of the hidden references and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's the... I can't fault the game for that. I mean, I kind of can, but you kind of can't, because you can you could have played those games before you played this one. But Perfect. And it doesn't really detract from the experience. You just kind of left a little puzzled on occasion. Like, what are they talking about? But overall... Um, like you said, it was one of those things where I stayed up later than I should have to play it. Oh, so much. Um, every time I pretty much had it on all the time and Nicole was like playing fucking school Academy game again. And my guess I'm playing school Academy game again. All right. Just watch your show or what the fuck you do when I'm playing this. So, uh, I couldn't stop playing it. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, Fuck, I don't want to get the plat because I want to go play Cold Steel 2 and continue the story. But I didn't. I got the plat, and it sucked. Because it <laughs> took a long time. Yeah, no, it's a time sink. Judge, looking at some of those trophies, I'm like, oh, God. Well, it's, one, you have to get the in-game timer to 100 for a trophy. But Whew. that you can just leave the game you on. just leave the game you... running, yeah. That's how but, I got uh, one of the ones yeah. in Kingdom Hearts because it resets. Like, you just let, oh. let the game on the the timer resets, then you go beat the game, and that's how you get the speedrun trophy. Well, I did it legit, because I'm not a bitch. Well, but I'm a bitch. <laughs> Don't uh, care. Yeah. I'll give this a 4.5 as well for overall. Alright, excellent. Um, extra content, formerly known as replayability. This is just all the extra stuff you have to do through the game if you're not playing from start to finish. Uh, like, lin like beelining from start to finish. Like, how much extra stuff is there to do and explore how much is there to revisit and i think this game has a ton uh especially with the a lot of the extra dialogue you can get um i feel like i didn't fully dive into a lot of the um like fishing and cooking stuff i feel like there was big stuff that i was missing there i definitely did not follow a guide and go like exploring as much as i should have i feel like there's a ton of extra stuff out there um so i can't be a full judge but uh where do you stand? Is there a ton of extra content in this game? Uh, yes and no. So extra content, I think, uh, lies in a couple of areas. One, you can change how you build a character, if that's what you want to do. Okay. Uh, or uh, on subsequent playthroughs, because you can choose to carry over all your items if you spend the points on it, you can get enough orbs and quartz or whatever to make a couple characters really dominant. Hmm. Uh, if that's what you choose to do in certain aspects, uh, which I thought was neat. Um, there are, what, four difficulty modes. So if you want to play the game on a harder difficulty, you can. And carry over your shit. Uh, you can do different bonding events, or you can do beat the game twice and then pick the keep all your items and then also pick unlock uh, max bonding points so that you can just do every bonding event at, on every instance that pops up. So you can do all of that plot shit all at once, which is what I ended up doing. Um, so yeah, I'd say there's a fair amount. Like, I think the game is too long to warrant that, unless you have Turbo uh, engaged all the time and you're skipping all the fucking dialogue. Because um, even if you crank up the difficulty and you do a new game plus, your characters are still overpowered up until the end of the game. So you're kind of just... Crushing it anyway. You're just I ran away from the enemies and they run away from you. So you're just kind of just running through the shit uh, pounding pavement to get 
through the stuff as fast as possible. Unless you really want to enjoy everything, it's been a while since you played it and you want to experience the plot and all the characters and stuff again, which you can do. But I think overall, there's not that many extra things to do to warrant a new game plus. Okay. Uh, so I would give it a two. All right. Because uh, it feels like their their new game plus was, hey, we want you to play the game again. And go talk to people again? And go talk to different people. Okay. I can see that. Not not so much like, hey, play the game again with stronger characters and get access to this extra content, like a bonus dungeon or something. That's right. not in this one. That's well, in the second one, though, apparently, but not in this one. Well, I'll give it a three um, because... Uh, I, you're right that the length kind of funks with you that way, but I think there's enough extra to bring me back at least. So um, I'll give it a three. Um, your last musical pick, Nick, what is it and why? It is To Grasp Tomorrow, and I don't remember like when it pops up exactly. It just pops up on occasion. like Typically when your party is like, have they have to like re-motivate themselves to to do something so this is kind of like a motivational track and it's also i think used in the final dungeon yes and uh it's got a lot of violin which i like so that's why i picked it all right so uh we're gonna listen to that when we come back we're gonna talk some listener questions oh glad you grab uh you grabbed all the rest of the questions out discord because there are plenty some of them uh stupid some of them not <laughs> um most of them stupid <laughs> Because you guys are worthless. You heard me. You guys are worthless. So we're going to listen to this. When we come back, we'll do listener questions, talk about what we got next, and close this bad bitch up. All right. Congrats tomorrow. Listener questions. First one here comes from Anderson. He wants to know, is the steel really as cold as the title implies? And to that, I would like to say, why are you like this? What is wrong with you? Uh, I'd say it is as cold as the title implies. Uh, I didn't see very much snow, so I'm going to say no. Well, I, th- I thought they were referencing like the robot. No, the obviously that's what they're. Re- yeah, and like yeah, mili- right. military steel, cold steel. Got it. Um, well, what's the there's next? Also, a, a, a saying that I like that's it's better to be like hot iron than cold steel because hot iron are it's better it's worse to be hot iron than cold steel or something like that because 
hot iron is like emotional because it's kind of tumultuous. So it's always making, it's making decisions irrationally on occasion. It just kind of spur the moment. Whereas cold steel is rational, logical, and contemplative. Awesome. Fantastic. But, Next yeah. question. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, Hedricon wants to know, if the steel is cold, will the jet fuel melt it? Well, I don't see any steel beams here, so it should be fine. Uh, I'm going to say yes, because it's the opposite of what Nick said. Uh, okay. <laughs> next is from Zetan. <laughs> he says, is is it better than real steel? And by that, I think you mean like the Hugh Jackman, uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie, which I haven't seen, yeah. so I can't tell you. You've never seen that? Nope. I saw it when it was in theaters, but that was fucking, what, 12, 13 years ago? It's long time a long ago. time ago. And uh, yes, this is better than real steel. Awesome. Much better. Uh, who was also from CTAN? Who was your favorite student NPC in the academy? Well, for me, uh, I kind of like the. I think her name is Becky, the country merchant girl. Okay. Just because she. I was always fighting with the other merchant and she i guess represented like the whole merchant spirit like do what you can to make a sale and do it with like all your heart or whatever as opposed to the other guys like well no this is like actually what works and this is how you you actually set up a stall here and blah blah blah, blah, blah whatever so i always liked their interactions but i guess i liked her personality more than his okay um I'd probably have to go with what's his name, George, the mechanic. Okay. Like he just seemed cool. Like he was kind of chill. Yeah. He was like, eh, we'll take care of it, man. No problem. Let's just do this. Don't worry about it." Um, who was your favorite teacher not including Sarah? That's kind of a shit question because you don't interact with any of the teachers really. I don't remember any of the other teachers. There's like there's Thomas? one that was super awkward. Like that, uh, like they kept trying to dodge drinking him. Like, so I guess I'll pick that guy. The guy they kept trying to dodge? Yeah. Thomas? Yeah, I guess. The kind of like gay guy, sort of? Yeah, just like, yeah, that guy. All right. Uh, Like, uh, I guess I'll go with uh, Neatheart, I think, which is the guy who was dodging drinking with him. (laughs) The guy that makes you do the stupid swimming thing? Fuck that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's what it's either him, the vice principal, the science dude, and then the nurse chick. Yeah, no, no. All right, uh, next question. Uh, Ctan. All pretty much all the questions are from Ctan. No, there's so a lot from Kujo in here now. They're pretty much the same question. Sure. But uh, what characters did you use the most, and how was your play style? Did you build up S crafts, use regular crafts more, or did you use magic with some? So for me. I made Reen a delay abuser, pretty much. Everything he did, he stacked delay on and used his delay moves. I used Fee as a dodge tank. And I used uh, Elisa as support. And then Emma as a magic nuker. Um, so mine's pretty similar. I had very much a delay build on Reen. I used... I didn't really have, like, a tank character. Because, I mean, I used... Um, Laura just is like just smash their face with damage and uh I had I kept 
I used Elliot a lot as support, but I would trade him out for um, whoever was available to use the support stuff. And Emma, whenever I could use her, because just so much EP um, and so much like her magic attack is stupid. So that was basically my party whenever I could. Um, because I, I, the only reason I chose, uh, Elliot as support, cause his, uh, a lot of his, cr his crafts were really useful. So let's use him. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. How are you able to play this game with all the gibberish names they used? And was... then that's from Tan. And then Kujo also says, did you figure out the names? Yeah, we got Usus it. This is a tough name. It's terrible. They're useless, mockiest. They're terrible names. Lots of terrible names. We move on. C-Tan wants to know, who's more fuckable, Claire or Sarah? Which one was Claire? Claire is the military commander chick. Oh, fuck. Hair. Sarah. Let's move on. It's an easy answer. I don't know. I liked her more than Sarah. Sarah's an alcoholic. I'm not into that. Yeah, well, she's she's easy, man. Let's go for it. Um, okay. All right. Well, there goes some more listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, listeners. If you made it this far, which is commendable. Uh, Bring it back. Uh, more name questions. Closeness. I'm skipping it. Um, Why did they use complicated names like Laura, Elliot, Sarah, and Reen? Fuck Machius off. Tan. All right. Kuja. How much do you hate Machius? How much do you hate Machius? Scale from one to ten. Uh, ten being more? Yes. I guess uh, six? Uh, uh, probably more. Like an eight. I wouldn't be upset if his family died in front of him. Wow. <laughs> That's fucked up. Alright, so All now right. now he wants to know who had the better nickname. Pur Purple Lightning or Icy Maiden. Uh, I'll give it to Purple Lightning. Really? Because I think Icy Maiden's a better name. <laughs> Oh, dear God. All right. Uh, what else? Are we glad we finally played it? I would say yes. I'd say so. Yeah. There's there's very few, like, as much hate as we throw on a lot of games, like, sometimes, like, even those, I'm not, I don't really say I, I, I begrudge having to play it. Like, it's an experience, it's done, it informs my experiences moving forward, I can cross it off the list. Like, I don't be like, well, I, that's... That was terrible. Um, the other time I think I would actively regret playing something would be if I, like, for some reason invested a ton of money in it and then it didn't pan out or something. Yeah. I like, I don't, that. like, I, I kind of regret playing MMOs because they take a bunch of fucking money a month and then, like, you play it for, what, four months and you're. That's how you play MMOs. Pretty much. That's how you play MMOs. Well, you play. I don't know. You played WoW for like seven fucking years or something like that, and yeah, that's great and all. But but me you have to think think about it this Final way. Fantasy fourteen being like fuck. I just spent it was like three years where I spent twelve dollars a month. This is how I think about it. Okay, damn. This is how I think about it. If I'm paying fifteen dollars a month, am I playing fifteen dollars a month worth of video game? And if the answer is yes, then I got my money's worth. Because if I'm playing. 20 hours a week, 80 hours a month for $15, am I going to get 80 hours of equivalent enjoyment out of another video game? Maybe, maybe not. But I know I'm having fun, so... That's true. Like, it's, I mean, 
that's money I could spend on another video game, but then I'd be spending the same amount of time for roughly the same amount of money or more because 80 hours, 15 bucks is a pretty good deal. Yeah. So, um, right. C-Tan want to know why him and Kuja are the only ones asking questions and they're obviously the only ones that care. Um, they're the only ones that have played the game, so I don't know what they true. want. Um, Skith is asking, did we wish we had played it sooner? I would say yeah. I mean, I don't know when we would have, but that's not the question. <laughs> we could have played it on PS3 or something, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I don't you... think I would have played it sooner. I wish I had played the other games in the series before I played it, but that's about it. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Um, are we glad to... Uh, no, I didn't need anybody to tell me a thousand times to play anything. On a scale from 1 to 10, how easy to masturbate to big old anime titties. So, 8. Uh, I'll give it a nine. All right. Um, l- favorite least character doesn't matter if they're playable. All right. So our favorite and least favorite characters. I think we went over this, didn't we? We can just stated again. I don't again. think we said favorites. We, think, right. we just hated Machias, and then. All right. So least favorites Machias. Your favorite character. Uh. I don't know. I guess it would be. Uh... I like Gaius a lot. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> like I didn't play him either, but he was probably one of my my favorite characters. Like so. I, I used I used him when I didn't have access to Fee, and he was a really good dodge tank too. So I used him occasionally, and he had range, so he could dodge everybody and counterattack everybody pretty much. Yeah. So and he's got like he's. A, as a character, he's a good, strong person with a good like set of morals, but not a one-trick pony. And I don't know, he just felt like the, a really natural stand-up kind of guy. So. Yep, yeah, I, I, same answer. It's boring, but it's the same answer. Uh, favorite town or area? I think this is where we're going to disagree. Favorite town or area? What the yeah. fuck? Do you have a favorite town or area? The shortest one. Wow. Whichever uh, one is the fuck is shortest. <laughs> I, as much as I like exploring things, I'm I only need to go through it once, not back and forth twenty fucking times in this goddamn zone to do shit, okay? I like the grassland area because it's like really one of the few like open expanse areas in the game. Everything else is kind of hallways and streets. So I enjoyed it was kind of a change of pace, plus like Fast gallop on the horse plus turbo on the controller is hilarious. So it was funny, and then it got old. Do, that, do it two more times, man. Do it two more times, two more playthroughs, and then be like, man, I love this area. <laughs> well, I doing anything too many times is going to ruin anything. That's true. Like that's fuck true. off with your logic. All right, so that's. Trails of Cold Steel. Been a long time coming. That's a long episode. Like it's this is gonna be a like almost two hours. A biggie. A biggie. So uh our next game that we are working on is uh Fire Fire Emblem, but we need to play a short game in the meantime, because apparently this, this is a long one. Um what do you want well, to give me let me pick this one. Um let me let me see what I can find. I'll let you, you guys I pe- oh, okay. So, yeah. What do you want to play? That's cool. <laughs> you want to do Cosmic Star since uh, everybody's bitching about it? Yeah, might as well. All right. 
Cosmic that's Star it like is. 10 hours, short game. Yeah, that's not really helping. Um, but no, Cosmic Star Heroin, I'll play that. We can play that. Is there is there a PS4 version of it? Yes, and a Vita. You'd rather do the Vita. Yes, I'd rather do the Vita. Handheld's actually so much better. Um, it's kind of just where I've been these days. Um, I actually played a significant amount of Trails by doing the uh, the remote the remote play, remote play on the Vita. Nice. So, um, do, 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 do. yeah, that's what's next. So you can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. Be sure to send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. We need everybody to leave rating and review on iTunes. Um, if you haven't left four or five already, make sure you leave another one. And, um, Twitter's the RPG Podcast, Facebook, the RPG Show. Um, be sure to visit our friends Blaine and James over at the Is It Worth It podcast. Um, they're still doing stuff, and they're cool guys, and we like them. Um, Blaine got so butt hurt in that. <laughs> no, I think he just <laughs> gave me shit. <laughs> Holy shit. That was too funny. I did read that. That was pretty good, man. Oh, man. So... I don't really know what else I was going to say. I've done lost track. We've been at this. It's 11 o'clock here. I got to be up in my bad. six hours. It's going to be good. So, um, it's eight o'clock here and I'm still got a couple hours left. Yeah. I'm, I'm negative two hours right now. That's where I'm at. Um, no. So yeah, no, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad this is here. Hopefully it won't take me a month to put this one out. You know, I don't think so. I think uh, I will. Well, I'll just ask you in a month if you put it out yet, and you can say, oh, no, I meant to do it, and put it up. Yeah, no, I'm going to be like, right. I'm going to send Nick the file and be like, hey, post this, bitch. And he's going to be like, uh, I'll try my best, and then he won't do it either. So that's how that'll right, work. because that is my best. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's, it's, it's hurtful because it's true. Oh, um, uh, well. Yeah, you know, when at first you don't succeed, lower your expectations and try again. That's how I live my life, really. And I don't think you get any lower for me. I'm pretty much at the no expectations point. I will say nothing and uh, close this show out. So until next time, say goodbye, everybody. See ya.